I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello and welcome to Wiki Shuffle, bonus episode number three, in which we get rid of our normal format, we throw the rule book out of the window, um, and we take it in turns to choose um, a Wikipedia article that we think will be of particular interest to the other members of the team. Um, we take a look at it, read through the sentient points, and share it with you, the listener. So it's my turn. Um, this week, and I should introduce myself. I am Phil, and I'm joined by Jack and Chris. Hello. Hello. And they don't know what we're going to be discussing this afternoon, but it is a um, specific Wikipedia article that I have chosen, the title of which is A List of Sexually Active Popes. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) That's a... It's a list I wasn't expecting. I did not expect this to be on Wikipedia. (laughs) Um, I should give credit for where this um, idea came from. Um, If I'd made a note of where that person was, it was somebody on Twitter, um, not relating to the podcast at all, but somebody um, mentioned on Twitter that they'd seen this and that it was entertaining them. And I promptly stole that idea and didn't make a note of who it was. So I apologise if you're swearing at your... um, podcast listening equipment right now saying that was mine i don't know who you are but we're having it now um so this is a list of sexually active popes (laughs) are there many a a fair amount in so much as there have been a lot of popes Mm. um and they've all been men yeah with all the weaknesses associated with um now I've been through this article before we start, and I've made a list of the pertinent points. Obviously, if you are religious, we mean no offence. Um, I do. We mean medium offence. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I hope that you, you take this this episode in the spirit that it's intended, um, and that it's the individuals who, as God's representative on earth, that is the same as just insulting God, isn't it? it one thing that is quite evident is that these popes have got a lot of not very nice things to say about each other. <laughs> oh, <laughs> That's okay. definitely the case. Um, so this is just the the ones that we know are sexually active, not the ones that have hidden it from everyone and abused... Oh, no, I'm not even going to start. um well yeah there isn't a list of ones that we don't know about that would be very difficult to assemble there should be just a a list of sexually active popes based purely on conjecture that would be good i'd read that i'm gonna i'm gonna make that page later on that's what i'm gonna spend my weekend doing conjecturing on popes well let's have a look at the popes that we don't need to conject over Um, these these have been confirmed then by (laughs) Well, the Pope said, "Yeah." With any history, <laughs> with, with any history, it's it's a little difficult to ah. um, to get entirely con- entire consistency in your sources. But didn't see any of their texts or anything. No, there's, <laughs> there's no incriminating videos. Okay. So you told me before we were recording this that it's a, your article was based around history, and it is. So, I know I was preparing myself for Stalingrad or something, <laughs> <laughs> and I get sexually active popes. I'm into it. It's good. Good. This is a list of sexually active popes. 
Catholic priests who were sexually active before becoming Pope and popes who were legally married. Some candidates were sexually active before their election as Pope and it has sometimes been claimed that other popes were sexually active during their papacies. Such relationships were undertaken outside the bond of matrimony and broke the vow of chastity. Yeah. Um... So, a little bit of background. For many years, the church's history, celibacy was considered optional. Based on, the circ- based on the customs of the time, it is assumed by many that most of the apostles, such as Peter, were married and had families. It is clear from the New Testament that at least Peter had been married, and that bishops, presbytes and deacons of the early church were often married as well. It is also clear from epigraphy, the testimony of the church fathers, synodal legislation and other sources that in the following centuries a married clergy in greater or lesser numbers was a normal feature of the life of the church. Celibacy was not required for those ordained but still was a discipline practiced in the early church, particularly by those in the monastic life. Are we going to, by the time we get to the end of this episode, will we know for sure who the sluttiest Pope is? Um, or is it, oh, is it, it. Is it quite uh, balanced or is there one that is just way out in front? Um, Player Pope. Player Pope. <laughs> There's one who, above all else, the evidence is overwhelming mm-hmm. because didn't try to really hide it at all and I'm, I'm saving him for last. Okay. Um, there's a fair few where it's a lot of, <laughs> a lot of conjecture um, and um, certainly some mudslinging involved. Um, particularly, um, there's some claims of sodomy that sound as if they're meant to tarnish rather than be an actual reflection. Although various local church councils had demanded celibacy of the clergy in a particular area, it was not until the Second Lateran Council in 1139 that the whole of the Latin rite of the Catholic Church decided to accept people for ordination only after they had taken a promise of celibacy. There's so much like legislation and lists and things that have got to be written down. Is it just a case of everyone's like, these popes are just too sexy. <laughs> we just can't we can't keep this chastity thing up because have you seen him? <laughs> I know he's who is, banging. Who's, who's the current pope? I can't uh, remember his name. Oh, it's uh, uh, <laughs> I don't know. He's a he's a little cutie anyway. <laughs> yeah, he's got a nice little face. Not like the other one. Oh, not like that bastard. Yeah, the the Hitler youth. That guy. Yeah. Um. Oh my god. He wasn't sexy. I can't remember the name of the current or most recently former pope. The last one was Ratzinger. Bad Catholic. Ratzinger. I remember yeah, it because my, he, he sounded like, you know. My grandparents would be rolling in their graves if they were all dead. <laughs> um, um, we haven't even started giggling at the thought of Pope Genitalia yet. Ooh. Giggling? <laughs> I'm, I'm getting moist. It's so sweaty in here. It is very sweaty in here. <laughs> Yeah, we should just say we're recording this at the same time as the last episode, so it is very hot in here. It's just three dudes. <laughs> talking a, about sexy popes. Talking about sexy popes in a sweaty room on a Friday night. Yeah. Okay, the current pope is Pope Francis, and the oh, previous pope was Pope Benedict, Benedict. the 16th. Mm. Um, and then before that, it was Pope John, John Paul II. II forever. What a guy. Um, but anyway, as far as we're aware, none of those men have had sex whilst being Pope, Pope or even before. Even before, yeah. Um, as far as we're aware. <laughs> I, but I bet you... Ratzinger did. <laughs> so first of all, we're going to look at Popes who were married. Um, and we start off with St. Peter, um, whose mother-in-law is mentioned in the Gospel of Matthew, Luke and Mark. Um, three of the big ones. Three, three of four. the big hitters. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're pretty sure that St. Peter um, was married. Um, and Clement of Alexandria notes that Peter and Philip begat children. Um, and so we're pretty sure that there was no immaculate conception there. Although in this realm, not out of the possibility. True. Um, specifically, the, where it becomes a bigger problem as to whether or not St. Peter belongs on the list of popes who were married is whether or not St. Peter was actually the Pope. 
The Catholic Church speaks of the Pope, the Bishop of Rome, as the successor of St. Peter. This is often interpreted to imply that Peter was the first Bishop of Rome. However, it is also said that the institution of the papacy is not dependent on the idea that Peter was Bishop of Rome, or even on his ever having been in Rome. While accepting that Peter came to Rome and was martyred there, scholars find no historical evidence that he held episcopal office there. Mm. So, But there was evidence that, yeah... Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. The important. You be banging. You <laughs> <laughs> might not be pope, but um, yeah. So there's a nice little quote here on um, not only was Saint Peter married, but he really loved his wife. Clement of Alexandria notes: When the blessed Peter saw his own wife led out to die, he rejoiced because <laughs> because of her summons and her return home. Oh yeah, and called to her very encouragingly and comfortingly from the cross next door <laughs> addressing her by name and saying remember the lord such was the marriage of the blessed and their perfect disposition towards those dearest oh, no, to no. them and then he went into his house and he played fifa all weekend <laughs> and they got really drunk and had a fucking yeah. great time and she was just oh, fuck off peter <laughs> <laughs> you're not the one getting burnt at a stake peter <laughs> can we can we give each of these a slut rating out of 10 by all means i think um, peter's maybe a maybe a seven that's pretty high. I don't. I don't know. Old, old, old fire. You've not heard enough of the list. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's give um, Peter a provisional four then. It, yeah, he was just married. This is all very oh, pretty. Slow, yeah, in my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so it's a pretty straightforward story. Yeah, uh, there's nothing too base there. Pope St. Hormistas, 514-523, to uh, was married and widowed before he took holy orders. He was the father of Pope St. Silverius. Is 1514 to 523... Sorry, 514 to 523... You need years to have four numbers in them, or else they don't make sense. Is 514 to 523 his reign as Pope, or was he nine years old when he died and he's been up to all sorts? That would... Up his um his slut rating, his slut mm. rating. Slut rating. Um, but no, that's the the years as pope. I, I feel bad now. We shouldn't slut shame these these popes. It depends. Well, well, we are talking about numbers of like years with only three numbers in them. So, do, is, do they uh, still? It's about yeah, whether or not watching us from above, Chris. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh. Um, it's about whether or not it's in the public interest, uh, and I would mm. say these self-proclaimed moral guardians. Mm-hmm. Um, Needs to be, although again, exposed. Again, <laughs> you can't libel dead slutty popes. You That's can't. the saying. Yeah, <laughs> not in the eyes of the law, anyway. In the no. eyes of the Lord, and whether we're all going to burn in hellfire, that's another thing altogether. I don't care. I'm up for it. I think we'll be okay. Um, so Pope St. Hormisdas was married and widowed before he took holy orders. He was the father of Pope St. Silverius. Um, his papacy was dominated by the Acacian Schism, started in 484 by Acacius of Constantinople's efforts to placate the Monophysites. His efforts to resolve this schism were successful, and on 28th of March, the reunion between Constantinople and Rome was ratified in the Cathedral of Constantinople. What was that about fisting? What's, <laughs> what's a schism? Was that, I know that might be a... What is it? It's a divide. Ah... He gets um, his Pope cock inside every schism that he can find. Yeah. <laughs> he was just married and then widowed. It's quite a sad story. And then he turned towards being Pope. Even sadder. Yeah. What do you get if you're Pope? Hats. <coughs> you get a car. Pope mobile. You get some bling. You get a bit of bling. Do you, you actually have wealth? Because I know the new Pope, he's like, I don't care about wealth. I just want, you know, as long as I have a roof over my head, I don't care. Which is the way a Pope should be. Yeah, historically, it was very much about power struggles mm. and the the power that goes with it. And yes, probably some some wealth because whether it's actually yours on paper, it's still yours to hang out in, isn't it? It's still your mm. palace, even if you're not allowed to sell it. Yeah, and he, 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 what does he want? He doesn't go to like HMV, does he? He just <laughs> he gets looked after. You don't know that. He might go to HMV. <laughs> I think the Pope, to be honest, is more of the like the. The chart CD section in Tesco kind of guy. Chink. Mm-hmm, yeah, probably. No, I think you just get yeah your big hat, you get your ring, you get your cool car, get a man that like follows you around. <laughs> Is that a good thing? You get some special Jedi powers. I think. Yeah, that's true. 
and you get to talk to um, God directly. No, one on one, you get, yeah. get that, the special phone, like the one Batman's got to the commissioner, <laughs> and the one on Deal or No Deal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, all those are the packs. It's pretty cool. Mm. I might sign up. Yeah, I did. I, when I was very young, I did consider becoming a priest because we had a priest called Father Michael, and he had a guitar, and he was he played the guitar. It's great. I was like, I want to be a priest. <laughs> so this is how they get you. Yeah. This is how they get you. He didn't get me, but... <laughs> <laughs> that would have been a different story. Yeah. <laughs> but I decided not to um, continue with my priest ambitions um, mm. after I realised it was all bullshit. You'd be a terrible priest. You I would. would. Your I'd sermons be would be... Uh... Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> this shit again. <laughs> Go home, do something productive. Are we laying into religion a bit too much here? No, not at all. No? I'm more than happy to. You're the two lapsed, um, lapsed Catholics that I thought might have more of a problem with it. I was trying to rein it in. Oh, okay. <laughs> Good. Let's go wild. <laughs> we're not slagging them off. I mean, we're saying that they've got like cool stuff. Got cool yeah. clothes, cool cars. Yeah. And they should be Big houses. To... It's like, you know, cribs. <laughs> if their faith is so weak that it can be shaken by us three idiots, then it's not very strong yeah, to true. begin with, surely. Mm-hmm. Um not that we shouldn't make some attempts to talk them out of it. <laughs> I don't think you can talk the Pope out of it. He's pretty, pretty far in. <laughs> yeah, he's like that would be a shocker, wouldn't he's it? He's like level twelve or something. He's like yeah, up there. I've changed my mind. <laughs> I've had a think. Well, to be fair, the last one did. I mean, not not his faith, or at least he hasn't admitted as such. But he's like, oh, yeah. I don't really want to be Pope he's anymore. Just, oh, I'm done. Yeah, just yeah. quit. Hands his notice in. Yeah. Do you think that's what it was? A contract negotiation? Probably. <laughs> I'll take ten grand more and four extra boys a week. <laughs> Pope Adrian the Second from eight sixty seven to eight seventy two was married before he took holy orders to a woman called Stephania. And Pope Adrian, Adrian's not, a, that's not a Pope name, is it? I was going to say that, not, it sounds way too modern, yeah. Adrian. Considering we're going to have, I'm guessing we might have Pius and all that shit to come. Yeah, you don't expect a Saint Nigel, do you? <laughs> well, um, I do, but Adrian, yeah, Adrian's a bit weird. Yeah, so, and this is Adrian the Second as well. Right, what um, is this noise? Is that a Vuvuze? <laughs> oh, Oh, great. it's banging, it's a house party. Someone's having a house party at quarter to seven in the evening and we have to have our windows open because it's hot as fuck in here <laughs> oh it's not good music either this is a good podcast listening to someone's stereo sorry listeners you'll just have to put up with the awful music like we're gonna this is to such a, a, a british thing to do though well i'm so annoyed about this freaking noise going on let's all stop and listen intently <laughs> <laughs> and get more annoyed by it and do nothing about it at all oh bloody sounds the, the listeners might not be able to hear it anyway so no. let's just continue no background noise and we're talking about sexy popes this is the sort of music they listen to is it <laughs> yeah oh. twerking yeah they're twerking away they love it when it drops yeah what about that bass Pope Adrian II had a daughter. His oh, wife no. and daughter were still living when he was elected Pope and resided with him in the Lateran Palace they were murdered by Eleutherius, brother of Anastasius Bibliothecarius, which sounds like a type of dinosaur, uh, the church's <laughs> chief libe- librarian. They were murdered by a librarian. They were murdered by a the librarian. The only people to ever be murdered That's by a right. librarian. He did it very quietly, though. <laughs> <laughs> that, was good, that was a good joke. Thanks. That was a proper joke. <laughs> it was. Like his predecessor, Nicholas I, Adrian was forced to submit in temporal affairs to the interference of the Emperor Louis II, who placed him under the surveillance of Arsenius, Bishop of Orte, <laughs> in, conf- in his confidential advisor, and Arsenius's nephew, Anastasius the Librarian. Adrian had in his youth married a woman named Stephania, by whom he had a daughter, and both were still living at his election, following which they lived with him in the Lateran Palace. They were carried off and assassinated by Anastasius's brother, Eleutherius, in 868. You'd have thought, if what you did for a living was kill the Pope's wife and daughter, that would have more historical significance in the name you were given and remembered by than the librarian. But maybe that's what he was really proud of. Hmm. It's like, what I could have all this pipe, what, pope wife killing. There's a lot of killing. So there's a, 
a lot of killing. Not killing. It's Catholic Church. Of course, there's killing. Yeah. Not killing. Not shagging. If there's not shagging, not big alcoholism, child abuse, and killing, it ain't the Catholic Church. Mm. Pope John the Seventeenth. This is. I'm getting good at reading Roman numerals. This is something mm. I don't get a lot of practice on, but. Um, John the 17th in 1003 was married before his election as Pope and had three sons who all became priests. Um, this isn't very subtle at all. Not, no, these are just popes that were married. Yeah, I should remember that the article so, name is actually list of sexually active popes. Yes, not so we're starting of off. Popes. We're starting mm-hmm. off with just popes that were married. This is quite sedate, and this was with the approval of the church, all out in the open. Everything yeah. was fine. They just this is like married series one of Big Brother. Okay. Where it was like, oh, it's Quite a bit naive. controversial. It's not that, not like series 10 where the king has got a bottle and there's all sorts going on. I'm sure that comes later. I remember when King had a bottle. I do remember that. Do you remember Anthony's face? It was a bit of a deep cut. <laughs> <laughs> that was the best moment of TV ever. <laughs> she loved it. <laughs> How have I allowed this to get back onto the subject of Big Brother? I'm supposed to be in charge of the mm. bonus episodes, and this will not stand. Well, there's a will, there's a way. <laughs> That's what Kenya said. <laughs> Phil, did you see this? I'm aware of what you're talking about. <laughs> okay, I'm, right. I'm trying to pretend that I'm too highbrow and yeah. go back to talking about. John died on the 6th of November, 1003, and was buried in the latter... No, that's the one that I've already... Yeah, it's not. It's just he's in the same palace. That would make sense. Mm. John died on 6th of November 1003 and was buried in the Lateran Basilica between the two doors of the principal facade. According to John the Deacon, his epitaph began by stating that here is the tomb of the Supreme John, who is said to be Pope, for so he was called. (laughs) That's a bit sort of... There's no praise in there. Supreme John. There's no praise in there at all. They called him Pope, so I guess we ought to as well, I suppose. He had all the bling, so... (laughs) Uh, Next up, we've got Pope Clement IV, 1265 to 1268, was married before taking holy orders and had two daughters um, who both entered a convent. Okay. That sounds all right. Um, Pope Clement IV was born on the 23rd of November, 1190. Shares a birthday with me. Um, born Guy Fauquois. <laughs> we know you're old, but you're not that old. <laughs> Ouch. He was born Guy Fauquois, called later in life Le Gros, meaning Guy Fauquois the Fat, or Guido oh, well, Cody Il Grosso, as they called him in Italy. Pretty cool. Poor Clement the Fourth, yeah. the big fat, so. Well, he got laid, um, so. Popes who were sexually active before receiving their holy orders. Pope Pius II, 1458 to 1464, had at least two illegitimate children, one in Strasbourg and one in Scotland, both born before he entered the clergy. Pius delayed becoming a cleric because of the requirement of chastity. Daddy Pope. Fair enough, mm. if you knew that was going to happen. Um, he's yeah, Give me 30 minutes, lads. He's quite a guy, Pius II, so I'd like to talk a little bit more about him. Um, Pope Pius II, born Ennia Silvio Bartolomeo Piccolomini. Mm-hmm. I did that on the first attempt. I'm surprised. Yeah. Sounds like um, a really nice gelato flavour. <laughs> He was Pope from the, 14, from the 19th of August, 1458, to his death in 1464. He was born at Corsignano in the Sienese territory of a noble but decayed family. His longest and most enduring work is the story of his life, The Commentaries, which is the only autobiography ever written by a reigning Pope. Mm. He also is known... He is also known for his erotic writings done before he was ordained a priest. Well, well, well. In 1435, he was sent by Cardinal Albergati on a secret mission to Scotland. The the object of which... is great the object of which is variously related even by himself nobody knew why he was being sent to scotland he was just on his way to scotland secret uh-huh. you must go to scotland and have full intercourse with a girl <laughs> pretty much he underwent many perils and vicissitudes in both countries because he went to england as well um, and left an account of each 
The journey to Scotland proved so tempestuous that Piccolomini, which was um, Pope Pius's name before he was Pope Pius, swore that he would walk barefoot to the nearest shrine of Our Lady from their landing port. So they had such a horrible journey that, right, I'm going to take my shoes off and as some kind of penance or gratitude or, I don't know, walk across Scotland um, with no shoes on. Um, which, you know, all those broken book fast bottles you've got to be careful (laughs) all those syringes Uh, hey i'm scottish (laughs) this proved to be dunbar the nearest shrine was 10 miles distant at white kirk the journey through the ice and snow left him afflicted with pain in his legs for the rest of his life well yeah not that much sympathy Um, only when he arrived in newcastle he felt he had returned to quote a civilized part of the world and the inhabitable face of the earth newcastle (laughs) yeah that's how bad scotland is that it makes newcastle seem like that (laughs) scotland and the far north of england being and another quote wild bear and never visited by the sun in winter Um, that is true that's true beyond the wall in Scotland he fathered a child but it died that was in Scotland yeah it was bleak and (laughs) awful and it killed his feet but he managed to find still got his still got his end away his His holy end Pope Innocent VIII Pope Innocent Pope Innocent VIII there were seven other innocents before him 1484 to 1492 had two illegitimate children during his youth both born before he entered the clergy his nepotism towards these has been described as as lavish as it was shameless (laughs) he married off his elder son Francis Cetto Saibo to the daughter of Lorenzo de' Medici who in return obtained the cardinal's hat for his 13 year old son Giovanni later Pope Leo X chastised him for his worldly ambitions ah so he stole his hat (laughs) (laughs) I guess the further back in history you go the more you have to sort of Pick it apart. <laughs> so he stole his hat. There was no and he got told off. So, I don't know what you're hearing here. Don't worry about it, Chris. Let's move okay. on. <laughs> Can I tell you a little story I found about Pope Innocent VIII? No. Um, in July 1492, um, Innocent fell into a fever. He was said to have been given the world's first blood transfusion by his Jewish Jewish physician, um, De San Ginesio who had him drink the blood of three ten-year-old boys. The boys subsequently died. Well, (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure that you can call that a blood transfusion. No. I call it a party. (laughs) What? I'm feeling a bit peaky. Here, just drink the blood of these three ten-year-old boys. Did he drink it out of them, or was it removed? I don't know. I don't know got them to death. That must have been a... They must have really been knocking back the blood. He squeezed it out. Uh, <laughs> blood t- does taste good though doesn't it yeah it what? does l- yeah it's like got a nice irony ting tang ting tang the tinning ting tings this is one of those occasions and I've had a few now so I don't know what my limit is where a flag has been raised in my mind <laughs> yeah about you I'm not saying I want the blood of three ten year old boys I'm just saying that if you cut your finger and you pop it in your mouth it's quite nice I don't, no, no, no. Okay, just no. Me. I don't know. I've got quite a collection of these flags. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, back me up. They've come. How... I'm not like I wouldn't put it on toast, but if it's, <laughs> if I've got blood on my hand, I will not hesitate to shove it in my gob and just. Yeah, they, well, people do that to like stop it bleeding. I know. I don't. Not because it's mm, quite yummy, nice. yummy, yummy. Because you don't want to let those nutrients get away. This is wasteful not to eat it. Yeah, I guess Careful so. Careful in the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're a mystery to me. My blood is safe. I have no diseases. <laughs> and delicious, apparently. And delicious. It's like it's like a yop. Or uh, a yazzy. <laughs> Next time you cut yourself, save me a bit. Uh, uh, no. Okay. No, no, no. Oh, it's that. gone gross. Oh dear. Mm. Um there's worse bodily fluids to drink. Let's carry on. <laughs> Pope Clement VII, 1523 to 1534, had one illegitimate son before he took holy orders, identified as Alessandro de' Medici, Duke of Florence. Mm. Um, 
Pope Clement was pope during the sack of Rome um, mm. during his half year imprisonment in 1527 Clement VII grew a full beard as a sign of mourning for the sack of Rome this was a violation of Catholic canon law which required priests to be clean shaven however it had the precedent of the beard which Pope Julius II had worn for nine months in 1511 to 1512 as a similar sign of mourning for the loss of the papal city of mm. Bologna why why do you grow your beard? What are you mourning? I'm this is this is the link that I was making <laughs> is which of my territories has been annexed <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that I feel that I need to yeah. um, atone. Do that, yeah. They don't let um, you have any fun, do they? Can't even grow a beard. Can't drink blood. Yeah. Can't have sex with young boy. Oh well, the rest of the Pope saw this as a sign for breaking those rules because Clement the Seventh kept his beard even after he was released to prison until his death in 1534. His example in wearing a beard was followed by his successor and indeed the next 24 Popes who followed Whoa. him down to Innocent the Twelfth who died in 1700. So a great big string of beardy of Popes. hipster twats. <laughs> Just jealous. <laughs> <laughs> I am just jealous. Yeah, you're right. Well, yeah. When you're thinking about it, I haven't seen any beardy popes in a while. Not recently, but I'm sure the next one will be. Cenk. Yeah, it's on Vogue. Hmm. Well, <laughs> yeah. no, it's not anymore, is it? Say one thing about a pope, they're always very <laughs> much right on trend. Nah, they're about five years behind, so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm sure Francis is. Francis? Is it Francis? He, he is cool. I, he looked cool anyway. I'm not saying I like all the popey stuff, but if I was going to pick a favourite pope, he's all right, isn't he? I mm-hmm. think is he all right? I, I, I would say he's done I haven't had things a chat with him. that make him seem better than the other popes, but that's very low praise indeed. Yeah, he's still at the heart of it, responsible for the deaths of millions of people every year yeah, because he true. won't let people wear condoms yeah. and he won't let people have. Did abortions. he not challenge that recently? The whole condom thing. A little They've bit. been suggesting that he might, but I don't think he's actually had the the balls to actually do it. Now, the next batch of popes. I don't know what the collective noun is for a pope. Please let it not be batch. That sounds awful. But, no. Uh, yeah. a, a pride of popes. Pride. Mm. A schoolyard of popes. A, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> um... A, a picnic a transformation a picnic of popes I suppose you don't okay. need a collective now because you're never going to have more than one in a room yeah, yeah true well, hopefully not yeah <laughs> could that ever happen they might accidentally cross their beams and all kinds yeah. of crazy shit could happen oh, that would really annoy like Pope is kind of like just a really really boring version of Doctor Who yeah that's what I think of it. Every now, every now and again, you get a new one. Yeah. And people are like, oh, I like the old mm, one. Yeah, it's going to take a while to get used to this. <laughs> yeah. And then they end up loving them anyway. Yeah. yeah. What quirky costumes this one going to wear? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I hope he has a really foxy assistant this time round. <laughs> it's, it's always the same assistant, isn't it? That's the one, one thing they don't change. That's true. They pass on their assistants. Popes who were sexually active after receiving holy orders. Oh, and we, we start go. off with Pope Julius II, 1503 to 1513, who had three illegitimate daughters. Um, the schismatic Concilabulum of Pisa, which sought to dispose of him in 1511, accused him of being a sodomite covered with shameful ulcers. Oh, oh that's the worst. Nice. Julius. Pope Julius II was nicknamed the Fearsome Pope and the Warrior Pope and was Pope from the 1st of November 1503 to his death in 1513. His papacy was marked by an active foreign policy, ambitious building projects and patronage of the arts. He commissioned the destruction and rebuilding of St. Peter's Basilica plus Michelangelo's decoration of the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel. But we don't care about that because there's another section called Personal Relationships and Sexuality. Yeah. Which we care about a lot more. Julius was not the first pope to have fathered children before being elevated to high office and is believed to have had a daughter born to Lucrezia Normanni in 1483 after he'd been made a cardinal. Despite an illegitimate daughter and at least one mistress, it was also suggested that Julius may have had homosexual lovers, although there is no evidence that he was sexually active as pope. I don't know what evidence they were looking for. <laughs> what bins. evidence? There's no, there's no <laughs> evidence. There wouldn't be condoms. So. Yeah, there wouldn't be any condoms. Uh, do you know what? Do you know what so this pope's a... nickname is? Pope Julius. 
It's Julius sees her. Julius has her. Oh, hey. That way. Yeah. Hey. That's pretty good. good. That's pretty a good, good one. Come on. Uh, no. His nicknames were the Fearsome Pope and the Warrior Pope. I read it out like a minute ago. Oh, okay. <laughs> I missed that. I was thinking of my really good joke. That was good. Um, so, yeah, there was no evidence that he was sexually active. Presumably they didn't have any of those sort of CSI blue lights to run over his <laughs> sheets in the morning. Yeah. Um, oh, co- God. Imagine getting an ultraviolet light in the Pope's palace. Oh. <laughs> Everywhere. <laughs> All over the pews. <laughs> His confrontational style inevitably created enemies, and sodomy was the common currency of insult and innuendo. Criticism was furthermore made of the sinister influence exerted by his advisor, Francesco Alidosi, who Julius has made a cardinal in 1505. However, it is likely that the closeness was down to the fact that he simply knew how to handle him well, mm. is the poorly Mm. chosen turn of phrase that they've used in Wikipedia (laughs) there. (laughs) This This sexual reputation survived Julius and the accusation continued to be made without reservation by Protestant opponents in their polemics against papism and Catholic decadence. The French writer Philippe de Mornay accused all Italians of being sodomites but added specifically, (laughs) this horror is ascribed to good Julius. Wow. Yeah, the Italian. He is top of the pops there. Top of the popes. Top of the popes, yeah. He's, yeah, sluttiest so far. Sluttiest so far, definitely. Um, Pope Paul III, 1534 to 49, who, according to some sources, held off ordination in order to continue his promiscuous lifestyle, fathering (laughs) four illegitimate children, three sons and one daughter, by his mistress, Silvia Ruffini, after his appointment as Cardinal Deacon of Santi Cosimo and Damiano. He broke his relations with her circa circa 1513. There is no evidence of sexual activity during his papacy, Again, he's not going to share it. He's not going to mm. do it while addressing the crowds. Yeah. Well, <laughs> oh, that would be kinky, though. Um, Leap beneath the tabernacle. <laughs> so he didn't officially. He said, right, I'll, I'll pope it up after I've done this. Yeah, yeah, this was before he was pope that he fathered four illegitimate children. Um, but... He wasn't exactly secret about it because he made his illegitimate son, Pierre Luigi, um, the first Duke of Parma. Oh. Um, so, yeah, nepotism seems rife. Um, Pope Gregory the Thirteenth, who is best known for commissioning and being the namesake of the Gregorian calendar, which remains the internationally accepted civil calendar to this day, um, he received the ecclesiastical tonsure in Bologna in June 1539, but subsequently had an affair with Maddalena Fulcini, oh, uh, which resulted in the birth of a son, Giacomo Boncompagni. I'm not sure that my Italian's being great this evening. I think um, you've done all right. All right, thank you. Better than normal, anyway. <laughs> mm-hmm. In 1548... Giacomo remained illegitimate, but his father later appointed him Gonfalonier of the Church, governor of the Castle Sant'Angelo, as well as governor of Fermo. So it seems that if you were a Pope's illegitimate son, it's going to work out all right for you. Hmm. Yeah, it seemed all right. Um, and then we've got Pope Leo the Twelfth. Um, as a young prelate was suspected of having had a liaison with the wife of the soldier of Swiss Guard as Nuncio in Germany allegedly fathered three illegitimate children. That's all I've got on him. That sentence didn't make any sense to me, but okay. Now we get to the meat and potatoes. These are the popes who are accused (laughs) of being sexually active during the pontificates. Dirty popes. Oh, yeah. It's all getting a bit more brazen. And we start off with Pope Sergius III. Now, if Sergius isn't a randy name, <laughs> I don't know what is. There's been three Sergius? I've never heard of a Pope Sergius at all. Uh, this is the third one. He was accused by his opponents of being the illegitimate father of Pope John XI mm. by Marosia. These accusations found... Uh, these accusations are found in Lutprand of Cremona's Antipodosis, 
um, as well as the Liber Pontificalis. Yes, I agree. <laughs> um, this is basically a whole section in history which spans a number of popes, which is known as the Seculum Obscurum, which is Latin for the Dark Age. The mm. Seculum Obscurum is a name given to a period in the history of the papacy during the first half of the 10th century, beginning with the installation of Pope Sergius III in 904 and lasting 60 years until the death of Pope John XII in 964. During this period, the popes were influenced strongly by a powerful and corrupt aristocratic family, the Theophylacti, and their relatives. What, what was the name of it again? The era? Um, the Seculum Obscurum, The Dark that is, Age. That would be a good album name. Yeah. Um, this guy in particular, um, Pope Sergius III, um, there's a picture of him. He looks a lot like Ming the Merciless. Sergius III had reputedly ordered the murder of his two immediate predecessors, Leo V and... Well, that comes, that's unnecessary. <laughs> the pre- <laughs> if you really want to be Pope, you've got to prove how much you really want it. Um, so murdered his two immediate predecessors Leo V and Christopher and allegedly fathered an illegitimate son who later became Pope John XI much of Sergius's pontificate has been maligned throughout history principally through the reporting of his character and the state of Rome at the time by Lute Prand of Cremona his recounting of the period was remarkable for the rise of what 19th century papal historians saw as pornocracy yeah. Or rule of the harlots. A <laughs> rule reversal, of the harlots. A reversal of the natural order as they saw it. According to Liber Pontificalis and a later chronicler who was also biased against Sergius III, this pornocracy was an age with women in power. Theodora, whom Luke Brand characterised as a shameless whore who exercised her power on the Roman citizenry like a man. Whoa. <laughs> who exercised power on the Roman citizenry like a man, and her daughter Marosia, the mother of Pope John XI and reputed to be the mistress of Sergius III, largely upon a remark by Lutbrand. Caesar Baronius, writing in the 16th century and basing himself on Lutbrand, was particularly scathing, describing Sergius as a wretch worthy of the rope and of fire, Flames could not have caused this execrable monster to suffer the punishments which he merited. It is impossible to believe that such a pope was a lawful one. In those days, they didn't just say, he's a dick. <laughs> they didn't just say, that guy, he's a twat, I don't like him. You have to go into all these, I set him on fire. Yeah, and the act of saying this was much more difficult at the time as well. Yeah. Brevity would have been your friend if you had to mm. get your quill out every time you wanted to voice an opinion. Exactly, yeah. This isn't a tweet... Imagine tweeting uh, that the Pope. Twitter. Did the Pope have the Pope? Actually, the Pope now does have Twitter he because does. he had a right go the other day. Yeah, it, he said something like, "We we live in this world and it's filthy and disgusting because we're being bastards." Mm. Nice. Let me find the exact. It's and yeah, we should we should tweet at Pontifact and all of his followers to let them know that this episode's coming. Good out. idea. Yes, I <laughs> love it. Climate change represents one of the principal challenges facing humanity in our day. The Earth, our home, is beginning to look more and more like an immense pile of filth. <laughs> These problems are closely linked to a throwaway culture, the Pope said via Twitter. One particularly serious problem is the quality of water available to the poor. Because they have too many children, because yeah. they're fucking without condoms... And they're getting AIDS and they're dying and they're leaving their children. You, you just fuck off, Pope, you <laughs> hypocritical cunt. It does make me really, really angry. Address the source of the problem, which is too many people. I thought he had a nice face. But then when you think about it, no. He's still poking. <laughs> Sometimes people who are attractive aren't nice. No. <laughs> I know, it's, it's a hard one to swallow, but, you know, it happens. Ah. And sometimes this is even more difficult to imagine. Go on. Ugly people, yeah, are nice. That's bullshit. Oh. That's utter bullshit. That's unfortunate for them because no one's ever going to know it. <laughs> no, one, no one's ever going to talk to them. So. Right. <laughs> They're just wasting their time. Yeah. They may as well just be evil. That's what I've done. <laughs> so we've got Pope Sergius the Third there. 
um, who apparently was having an affair with um, Marosia. No, we've, we've done Pope John the Tenth now. We did Theodora. Yeah. No, because they both were having an affair with the same woman and daughter. <gasps> oh, right. <laughs> ah. This is where it gets interesting. Mm. Um, so Pope Sergius was supposedly having a relationship with Marosia, um, and then the illegitimate birth of Pope John the Twelfth was it? Tenth resulted. And then Pope John the Tenth comes along immediately afterwards and has an affair with the same two women, mother and daughter. Wow. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know how people are always saying shit like, oh, I wish I was born in the 60s. That was my time, man. I'd have loved it. Mm. It would have been so cool. Well, this is my time. People know better <laughs> than to say stuff like that to me because of the withering look I will give them. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I wish it was. Which was in the fifties, so I could wear pretty dresses and be on fucking rations. <laughs> Dicks. You wish it was the five tens. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be alive. In this the, is, this oh, is the, the nine, nine tens. tens this the is. nine tens. Yeah. yeah. Fuck the five tens. Oh shit. I'm a nine tens kind of guy. Mm. Oh my god, it's so hot. I feel like I'm. <laughs> I had to close the window because this guy is just playing. Like it sounds music like the 90s. too loud. <laughs> yeah. He's actually got his system up and he's washing his car like it's acceptable to do that what put some dick. headphones in <laughs> so there's pope john the um 10th there who was sharing with pope sergius and then along comes pope john the 12th um 955 to 963 who was accused by his adversaries adversaries of adultery and incest Uh-oh. the monk benedict in his antipodosis, they testified about his adultery, which they did not see with their own eyes, but nonetheless knew with certainty. He had fornicated with the widow of Rainier, with Stefana, his father's concubine, with the widow Anna, and with his own niece. And he made the sacred palace into a whorehouse. Strong words. So they didn't actually see this with their own eyes, but they know it. With absolute certainty. Absolute certainty. According to E.R. Chamberlain, John the Twelfth was a Christian Caligula whose crimes were rendered particularly horrific by the office he held. Some sources report that he was rumoured to have died eight days after being stricken by paralysis whilst in the act of adultery. <laughs> Others that he was killed by the jealous husband while in the act of committing adultery. Wow. Either way, died on the job. Yeah. <laughs> the ideal way to go out really isn't it so yeah John the 12th there um, sinking to some new depths yeah I think he's winning his own niece his mm. own niece I mean in A in that time period and B in the Catholic Church I don't think that is anything hugely out of the ordinary no that we got to find out about it is the most uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, surprising part um so next we've got Pope Benedict the Ninth, ten thirty-two, um, who became Pope in ten forty-four, and again in ten forty-five, and finally in nineteen forty-seven to ten and ten forty-seven to ten forty-eight. Um, so he had three stumps at being Pope. This chap, mm-hmm. he was accused by Bishop Benno of many vile adulteries. Pope Victor III referred in his third book of dialogues to his rapes and other unspeakable acts. His life prompted St. Peter Damien to write an extended treatise against illicit sex in general and homosexuality in particular. In his Liber Gomorianus, Damien accused Benedict IX of routine sodomy and bestiality and sponsoring orgies. In May 1045, Benedict IX resigned his office to pursue marriage. <laughs> um, and a lot of this stuff has got a very big smattering of take this with a pinch of salt because it was by people that were really trying to badmouth these guys and, and ruin mm. their reputations for their own nefarious ends. But there's definitely seems to be something about it with Pope Benedict IX, who is definitely one of the saucier characters here. <laughs> Pope Benedict IX, according to the Catholic Encyclopedia, Benedict IX was about 20 when made pontiff, although other sources state that he was 11 or 12. So this is a young pope. Mm. His father obtained the papal chair for him, granting it to his son in October 1032. So his dad's, it was basically just a, a really powerful guy, basically said, I would like my son to be Pope. And that just happened. Mm. 
He reportedly led an extremely dissolute life and allegedly had few qualifications for the papacy other than connections with a socially powerful family. No shit, what 20-year-old in the world can suitably serve as Pope or... That, that, is, that is the plot of Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pretty much as a whole season. I, I've yeah. found it very difficult to read any of this without having Game of Thrones just in the music. <laughs> Even the music, yeah. St. <laughs> Peter Damien is alleged to have described him as feasting on immorality. The anti-papal historian Ferdinand Gregorius wrote that in Benedict, it seemed as if a demon from hell in the disguise of a priest occupied the chair of Peter and profaned the sacred mysteries of religion by his insolent courses. Well, that's a bit of a slip-up, like putting a demon in the Pope place. Catholic Church <laughs> sort of did it wrong one there. Job. <laughs> yeah. <Heads> were roll <laughs> Of all the people, you got him. <laughs> the Catholic Encyclopedia calls him a disgrace to the chair of Peter. The first pope said to have been primarily homosexual. He was said to have held orgies in the Lateran Palace. He was also accused by Bishop Benno of many vile adulteries and murders. Pope Victor III, in his third book of dialogues, referred to his rapes, murders and other unspeakable acts of violence and sodomy. His life as a pope was so vile, so foul, so execrable that I shudder to think of it. Pope Paul II... Now, there's not very much on Pope Paul II, but what there is, is pretty great. It is popularly thought that Pope Paul II died due to indigestion arising from eating melon in excess. For <laughs> 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 all these popes, they've all done some really horrible things. In this one, you just really love melons. The rumour was spread by his detractors that he died while engaging in sodomy. Oh, oh I okay. love the idea that he was bumming himself to death. And oh, we need to cover this up. We need to cover this up. Let's blame the melon. <laughs> wow. That's, uh, so that's Pope Either Paul way, II. he has died from melon or cock. Yeah. <laughs> or both. Or both at the same time. Hmm. Maybe he's having an American American melon moment. <laughs> Pope Sixtus the Fourth. Um, 1471 to 1484. According to the published chronicle of the Italian historian Stefano Infessura, Diary of the City of Rome, Sixtus was a lover of boys and sodomites, awarding benefices and bishoprics in return for sexual <laughs> favours. Bishoprics? What's a bishopric? <laughs> a bishopric means you get a... It's like a region that's got a bishop in charge of it. It's a bishopric. <laughs> <laughs> It's okay. not one that they haven't kept that word. <laughs> that word didn't do that very often. Um, bishopric. 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 Who's our bishopric person? I think that there are bishopricks in the UK. I'm sure there are. <laughs> Sixtus was a lover of boys and sodomites, awarding benefices and bishoprics in return for sexual favours and nominating a number of young men as cardinals, some of whom were celebrated for their good looks. Fair enough. If you've got it. Sexy It'd be a shame not to make the most of it. I'm that is the phrase. <laughs> if you've got it, it would be a shame not to make the most of it. <laughs> I'm good at catchy one-liners mm. like that, yeah. Maybe she's born with it. It might possibly be the Maybelline products that she's been using recently. <laughs> Pope Leo X, 1513 to 1521, was accused after his death of homosexuality um, it has been suggested that he may... No, uh, no. I, I, I like that for a reason. Pope Leo X was accused after his death of homosexuality um, by Francesco Gucciadani and Paolo Giovio, um, which seems quite tame compared to the things that his predecessors were accused mm. of. Um, and then the most... Not in the eyes of Catholics, though. So. Well, maybe not. Because, yeah, you're going to hell, whatever. No, there's oh, layers of hell. There's layers of hell, depending on how naughty you've been, isn't there? Is there? Yeah. I thought it was just... No, you do. One yeah, that's what Dante's all about. Yeah, there's limbo for, like, un, for original sin and... Everybody goes and to limbo. Yeah, and, like, babies that haven't been baptised, that's where they're supposed to go. And then it gets gradually worse until you're, like, inside Satan's yeah. mouth and he's like, Ugh. We should actually, for once, say well done to, to our American friends. 
normally in every episode we have a little bit of a jab at them, but um, well done they had to them good news for... recently for the for the gays. Oh right, okay, mm. I see. Yeah, well done them. Hmm. Mm-hmm. There you go. Well, <laughs> well done the the gang of dusty, very very old people that you let make your decisions for you. <laughs> <laughs> Greatest democracy in the world, my ass. Six octogenarians making your decisions for you because you can't be trusted with them yourselves. By which I mean, well done, America. We give um, with one hand, we take away with the other. <laughs> yeah, it, it's not six. It's nine on this. It's nine. Yeah, one five to four. Yeah. So four of them still think. Yes. <laughs> Four of them are really annoyed about it. Yeah. I mean, that that brings me joy, four. though. I've had, I've seen a lot of people on the internet this week that have been very angry about oh, it. Oh, it's been loads. Oh, it's wonderful. In your it? stupid faces. A lot of them, a lot of people that were angry about it were saying they're going to move to Canada. Yeah, but where Canada's... it's been legal for ages. <laughs> <laughs> it's been legal in a lot of places. Yeah. Finally, the most recent pope with any sexual exploits that we're aware of was Julius the Third. 1550 to 1555 we're supposed to believe that for the past 500 nearly years all the popes have been on their best behavior um, anyway pope julius iii was alleged to have had a long affair with innocenzo ciocchi del monte the um, woman from del monte the man from del monte The Venetian ambassador at the time reported that Innocenzo shared the Pope's bed. Oh, Oh my God. Mm. Well, Morecambe and Wise and Bertinelli did that, and they never got up to anything. That you know of. So we skipped past one Pope there, who was Pope Alexander VI. Was this the winner? This is... (laughs) In in terms of being the most brazen about it, and I think it's... Mm. When you hear the names, I think you'll have heard of this one as well. Great. Um... Pope Alexander VI, from 1492 to 1503, had a long affair with Venuzza dei Catane while still a priest but before becoming Pope, and by her had his illegitimate children, Cesare Borgia, Giovanni Borgia, ah. Geoffrey Borgia, and Lucrezia. Geoffrey? <laughs> yep. Joffles? Yep. Oh, great. I love Geoffrey. Uh, a later mistress, Giulia Farnese, uh, was the sister of Alessandro Farnese, and she gave birth to a daughter while Alexander was in his 60s and reigning as Pope. Alexander fathered at least seven and possibly as many as ten illegitimate children and did much promote his family's interests, using his offspring to build alliances with a number of important dynasties. He appointed Giovanni as Captain General of the Church and made Césaire a Cardinal of the Church, also creating independent duchies for each of them out of the papal lands. So he basically had about 20 children and then made them all ridiculously rich. Mm. All Mm. quite brazen because Pope Alexander VI was Pope from 11th of August 1492 until his death in 1503. He's one of the most controversial of the Renaissance Popes, partly because he had several illegitimately acknowledged children. Therefore, his Italianized Valencian surname, Borgia, became a byword for libertinism and nepotism, which are traditionally considered as characterizing his pontificate. However, two of Alexander's successors, Sixtus V and Urban VIII, described him as one of the most outstanding popes since St. Peter. Oh, fair enough, then. So apparently, he was quite good at his job. Um, there was a you TV... can be quite good at your job and still be a complete shit in yes. your personal life, so maybe yeah. it was great. And you know, I who are we to define that having children makes you a complete shit? It's um, a it's a completely arbitrary rule that doesn't make any makes sense you a anyway. Stupid shit. <laughs> so there we have it. That's a tour through the naughty bits of the popes. That's now it's quite not quite as salacious as I might have wanted, and a lot of the facts are tempered by the the suggestion that yeah. Um, well, this is, is just still... hearsay. <laughs> So, thank you very much for joining us for this special episode. Um, we've been very hot in this room. and Yeah, we have. Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully it's not affected our coherence too much, and I apologise if it has. Um, but I hope you've enjoyed it. I think it has made us a little bit more immature than usual, to be honest. I, I feel a bit more wilty than normal. <laughs> mm. Um but thank you for listening we will return to our normal schedule um, next Tuesday um, and in a few weeks time we'll do another special episode and I will pass the gauntlet on to Jack 
and he will be choosing something else for us to look at. Oh, yeah. By all means, go and visit us at wikishuffle.co.uk or on Twitter at wikishufflepods. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yes, and yes. you only why not the suggest- every day for <laughs> <laughs> And why not suggest um, any particularly interesting articles that you found, either by pressing the random article button or just things you'd like to hear us talk about and be generally dismissive of. And if you'd like, you could tell us which of the bonus episodes you liked most, and we'll we'll have a winner. Will there be prizes? Oh, are we are we like, competing against? Why not? Why not? I love yeah. a bit of competition. So yeah. mine, Jack, I was. Uh, the Robin Friday article. Chris, you had Ghost Watch on Ghost the BBC, Watch. and Phil has Slutty Popes. So, let us know what you think is the most interesting <laughs> and fun article. What a range of topics! <laughs> yeah, I think we've covered all bases there. Football, yeah. ghosts, and sluts. <laughs> Bye. 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 <laughs> Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well. Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 